podcast that we're starting called The Shy Guys. I'm Sean, here with my co-hosts. And I'm Kai. Yes, you're Kai. Definitely. And we're here today to talk, I suppose, in future about a variety of topics. But today's podcast will mainly be about a bit about ourselves and a bit about what we're doing here in front of the microphone. So I'll I'll kind of ship it off to Kai to, to start with. What would you say that we're really going to be delving into in the weeks moving forward? Well, that's a lot of pressure straight to me. Yes. Well, what we want to focus on is self-improvement. And we just notice a lot of guys around our age struggling with the same kind of problems. Yep. Such as self-esteem, social anxiety, traction, going out on dates. At least the self-improvement is it's basically being the best version of ourselves where you can succeed in those kind of things. It makes you feel better about yourself and also other people perceive you as a better person too. And you know deep down that you're doing something well. Yeah, and you end up making you know great connections with people if you are the best version of yourself. Yeah. I'm sure that sounds a bit kind of ephemeral. A bit, a bit fluffy. A bit, a bit fluffy and ephemeral yeah. <laughs> so far. But don't worry, I'm sure we'll start to make uh, sense as we move through. But for us, we're now in our, our mid-20s. Mm. I would say that we're still learning a lot of things. Yeah. But I think we've gone through maybe enough experiences to get to this place where we're kind of, in some ways, we've wake, woken up to a mm. variety of, of harsh truths and harsh realities of, you know, being a man yeah. at and, this age. And that's not to say that we're, we're perfect. We yeah. are definitely flawed people. And we just thought, if you want, if you want to master something, why not, why not teach it? Mm. And we'll have a lot of problems throughout the way. We might say the wrong things, so we apologize in advance. Yeah, probably going to offend people at some stage. But, <laughs> of course, but like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and just just letting you guys know that we this this podcast is targeted towards, I guess, um, men at our age. Yeah, so so millennials. Young, yeah, young young men around their 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 twenties. Even yeah. even the guys just starting university and, course, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. But of course, the principles themselves, and I feel like it will kind of grow organically exactly into something that is a bit more general mm. at the end of the day because. I think all the experiences we've experienced and that we'd like to talk about are going to be things that many people have experienced from anywhere, really, whether it's different gender, different race or anything. It's Correct. universal kind of principles. Yeah. So we're just saying it's applicable to everyone, but however, we're, however, we're targeting uh, men our age. Yes. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see where it might grow to something different. Yes. We'll yeah. see how it goes. So um, in terms of what this podcast uh, will be, I guess that... Yeah, as you mentioned, we're, we're still kind of learning and things like that, but we want it to be a very honest podcast, I would mm. say, more than anything. Something where we, we can speak our feelings and speak about, you know, our honest truths, show them to the world, mm. let people learn from them yeah. and see where the podcast grows from yeah. there. And we hope um, some of you can relate to our stories and experiences mm. and learn something from it too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's jump into like the, the bit... More, more bulk of today's podcast because <laughs> right now we're just random voices in your ear. Pretty much, yep. But I think we'd like to introduce what kind of uh, people we are. I think, yeah, we want to create an image of who we are. Image of who we are. Uh, me and Sean are quite different people. Quite different people with yeah. quite different experiences. And we've, we've learned a lot of things through um, all these experiences. Mm. So I, I guess to give a bit of context how, how we met... We ended up meeting, so we're from uh, Melbourne, Australia, is where we're from. Good day, mate. <laughs> and um, so we met in like a kind of crummy public school. 
I would say. But last I remember, they were on the news for being the most rundown school in Melbourne. Rundown school in Melbourne. Yes, we won't say the name. It will not be named, but we met there in grade seven. Year seven. Right? That's Year correct. seven. Yep. Year seven. And I guess it's a bit interesting. How was our friendship kind of contextualized in those days? What did we talk about? I think we just talked about stupid stuff. Yeah. Like it was, it was very basic things like anime, games. Um, I guess we'll play down ball on the court sometimes during yeah, lunchtime. And I don't know, it just wasn't very deep chat, as most kids would do. Yeah. Don't so, talk about, you know, uh, world-changing things when they're that young. But, yeah. I think that, like, a lot of male friendships during those days are really contextualized by those things. You bond over games, you bond over yeah. just, like, the things you watch. And I feel like a lot of people then don't really have very honest chats. Which is fine. I yeah. mean, you're, you're pretty immature then. How old are we? 13 or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's fine because those those things make you feel a certain way. Those games, those an- the, uh, the anime makes you feel happy and you're going to share the happiness together. But, but yes. Yes. So, anyway. But after we ended up splitting in year nine, I ended up going to a posh private school. Yeah, you broke up with me. Broke up with you. <laughs> um, but then somehow we ended up coming back uh, within university. Mm-hmm. I think we can name this. This is a university to name drop, right? We came to the the beautiful University of Melbourne, oh, yes. and um, started off in our first year there together, uh, doing commerce, right? That's right. Yeah. So we're, we're both aiming to be uh, business people. Not not really. We didn't. We just didn't know. What we, we, we didn't really know what we were doing. Exactly. We were just trying to do something that seemed right. Well, throughout university, we we, we basically saw each other grow into the people we are mm. then. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I think back then we were quite contrasting personalities. Yeah. But now we're kind of... Mil- we have similarities, I think. We have more similarities then than we did before. I think... How, how would you say, describe what we were? Let's say I, I was very uh, socially awkward. I still am to, to a certain extent. I think... A bit the, inconsiderate. Yeah. Insensitive. Doing things and not really understanding the consequences that they had. Yeah. On uh, other people, yeah. especially good friends and things like that. Mm. Not to throw you under the bus or anything. Sounds sound like you are. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, this it's all about honesty. <laughs> all about honesty. So I'll throw you under the bus. So even, <clears throat> but I think Kai learnt as I've, uh, as we've kind of come through those years to definitely be more conscious of those those things. And and yeah. for me, like I think I was very much, I'm not sure how would you describe me as more like the articulate intelligent one or at yeah. least tried to be but articulate I, I, and I intelligence think, can only get you so far yeah I, I think you put off that persona very yeah. well like very, you are intelligent you can articulate yourself very well mm. but does that mean you can um naturally convey your emotions properly yeah people? and does that mean and you naturally have an emotional intelligence, intelligence. Exactly. exactly and i don't think that was the case yeah to but be honest. that's to be expected that's to be and expected. only and I guess that kind of leads to the next thing. Like, how do you develop? How did we develop our emotional intelligence, um, understanding how other people feel? And I feel it's it was mainly from our relationships. Yeah. So let's let's wow, jumping jumping ahead a bit. Let's um kind of jump into Europe first. Let's have a bit of a talk a bit about our background and our experiences so far. I guess in terms of family relationships and I guess any other things that you'd like to add. Yeah. Sure. So. Well, Feel free to shoot away, my friend. Um, well, let's talk about family first. My parents are Chinese. They were immigrants uh, who came over around t- probably 27 years ago. And 
because my parents uh, came from a very low income background, they didn't really have a chance to look after me and my siblings properly. They didn't really give us the proper care, emotional support, and they were quite critical, like most Asian parents are. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you out there who are who come from an Asian background can understand that. They they basically say you're it, they they love you in a different way. <laughs> mm. They will criticize you, and that's their way of loving you. Mm. Or they'll be like, "The rice is ready. Come eat lunch. Come eat dinner." That's the that's their way of saying I love you. They will never say I love you to your face. And it took me a while to, I guess, accept that because I went to a, a quite, I would say, a whitewashed school where where there weren't many Asians, and I would see their parents just hugging them, and I, I kind of. I can't remember when the last time my, my parents hugged me. And I kind of always envied that that feeling. However, growing up now, I, I know it, it is what it is. And that's just how they do things. And I've accepted that. So anyway, that's my family stuff. I have a brother and a sister. Younger, younger brother. Young, yeah. Younger brother and sister, yeah. I went through um, a public system for, for high school. So it was basically free education. And... Yeah, that's. I guess that's pretty much it. Like, I think. Um, I think to like to add, to add on that though, yeah. there's two things I'd like to add in terms of the public schooling system. Uh, I'm not sure many people know in Australia, but mm. ma- maybe there was a bit of a cultural feeling within that school that kind of uh, pulled pulled you down in some ways. Yeah, it yeah. kind of wasn't a place to blossom with success. I I guess so. Right. Yeah. That's that's a good point because they always look down on people who study. Mm. And I was always called a nerd or when I was in the library, they would be mm. basically bullying me. So why are you in the library? Go out and smoke a ciggy or something. Mm. Or go out and go to the to the brawl or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that's me uh, for high school. How was high school for you? For me, for yeah. high school? So, again, a bit different where um, things... It's completely opposite, honestly, where my high school, after I left the public school that you were at, yeah. it really encouraged education and and things along those lines it really let you it in some ways really drove you to kind of be successful academically yeah and in some ways i feel like i was very lucky because i just kind of got to ride that wave Mm. um and then ended up at a a very prestigious university yeah unlike yourself where it wasn't a very ideal environment but you're still able to push through that had to work through the shit yeah had to work through the shit right and i I think that's something that i still admire about you and some of our other friends who came through that school so so good job good job buddy (laughs) slogging through the shit um one thing um i'd also kind of like to ask uh, i guess about your family how do you feel like that kind of uh works into you now as a person you said you kind of got kind of pushed through it and you've kind of accepted it but do you feel like it still kind of tugs tugs at who you are yeah look my family will always be a part of me and i feel like the way they raised me up has affected me emotionally quite a lot and like for example i'm pretty sure i have anxiety Mm -hmm. i have depression at times Mm -hmm. and these things do affect my everyday life Mm. and i think it's learning how to manage it because mm. these things will never go away because mm. they, they, they've been ingrained in me since I was a child. Mm. Unfortunately, my parents don't really understand mental illness. So they tend to see it as a weakness. So I, I, I tend to hide it from them. It's not always a healthy thing, but I do have, I guess, family um, outside of my, my, my real family, like mm. my friends, my partner, and they are all very understanding 
yeah in terms of mental illness because yeah. they, they experience it themselves uh-huh. so yeah i guess that's okay awesome. yeah all right all right next moving on to well, relationships well, i, I relationships. want to hear about your family first i guess hear about my family yeah. so doing... I, I, want to, I want to create that contrast where mine's a very i guess low income low emotional intelligence not as much support and yeah so what was your family like okay so for me I grew up in a very, like, ideal Mm. household. I think, like, if people watch movies and maybe they see those, like, American movies where you have a nice green lawn and, like, a big dog and (laughs) the parents are just, like, smiling, like, bing, like that. Yeah. I feel like that's how you could just imagine that, but Australianized. Yeah. Would be kind of the way that I think a lot of people would perceive my upbringing. It was a very ideal upbringing. I have a uh, Australian father and a Filipino mother. And they're very old. They're both um, in my, both now retired and really just hanging around. And um, I think I had an upbringing which did show a lot of love being expressed. But I think that also is kind of added to me being a single child. I think when you're a single child, of course, they, they can only put their emotions into one thing. So they really do very obviously direct that. And um, when you say, like, I don't know... I can't remember when my parents last said I love you or the last time my parents said, like, gave me a hug or something. Right. I can think to last week when my dad hugged me at the airport or something like that. Yeah. And it's it's not kind of something unreal. Mm. Of course, I think, like with any family, there is always issues. Maybe if you look at um, these issues relative to other people, maybe they seem small. Mm. And I think that's something that I had to come to terms with in my life, that you know, um, I have my own issues, but they don't seem to be very mm, big issues compared to, say, having parents who, you know, have really kind of not being able to have that emotional intelligence and therefore leading to things down the line, such as anxiety and depression. I feel like because of this kind of ideal childhood, I haven't really experienced those things wholly. Like, I haven't really gone down the the darkest rabbit hole like a lot of other people do. And in some ways, that makes me feel like I'm kind of numb. Like, I haven't, like, experienced something. I don't know if it's a weird feeling to say, like, I envy people because they've experienced depression and anxiety. (laughs) Trust me, you don't want to experience it. I know, obviously. Yeah. But hopefully yourself and the listeners understand that it's a bit of a strange feeling. Yeah. It makes you feel like a bit less human because you have had such a ideal picturesque as i said that american movie green lawn yeah kind of childhood right. but of course outside of my family life i think i've experienced a lot of things that have made me um really look deep into myself and gone down that dark rabbit hole but in terms of family i think overall it's rather it was rather ideal rather loving i think right now as well and i think this is very important for a lot of maybe listeners out there You'd be surprised how openly you can often talk to your parents, at least for me. I uh, had a few experiences which involved my family um, directly, and this really kind of broke the ice and allowed us to talk really openly. Yeah. And um, even now, like my mum, I'll, I'll tell her about the dates I go on. I'll tell her about all the, you know, the experiences that I go through, and she'll give me her commentary just the same as a friend would. I think uh, as you got older... Um, you became a lot closer to your mom, mm. um, being open about talking about your girlfriends and yeah. your your heartaches. Yeah. But before that, she was just 
I guess your mom. Yeah, <laughs> like well, I think when you're when you're a younger guy, especially if you live at home and things like that, which I still do, you kind of just walk in the house and say, "Hey, mom, how's, how's your day?" day? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all right. That's good. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. What's for dinner? Yeah, this. Okay, I'll just go to my room. Cool. And then you have dinner. Then you go back to your room. Yeah. And on that day, you actually broke up with your girlfriend, and she wouldn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that, that could that could be the case, right? That could be the case. So, yeah, I think that's kind of where I sit with my parents now. I think I'm in a very good place with them, and I really care about them a lot. Again, they're very old. So recently, I'm in my mid twenties, but my parents had me very, very late in their life. Yeah. Perhaps when my dad was in his forties. Yeah. And so, as a result, now I have parents which are you know, basically getting to, you know, grandpa, grandma kind of age for most people. Mm -hmm. And so I really have to start thinking about their mortality. And I have to start thinking that I want to live my own independent life. But at the same time, I have these old parents that are Mm -hmm. going to need me and are going to need me there. And it's a bit of a conflict that I'm still having in my life and still having to deal with. We were talking about yesterday and you basically said, look, you have a limited amount of time with your parents so try and appreciate every moment you have with them because mm. you never know uh, when it could be your last yeah moment exactly and you don't want to regret saying the last thing i said to my mom was what's for dinner yeah <laughs> you know you want to say i love you ideally yeah. before that ideally yeah it might just got really dark quickly uh, <laughs> it's, getting, it's always getting pretty dark it's, man it's meant to... <laughs> all right let's move to the spicy part let's move to the spicy bit of the podcast oh the spicy part let's so... talk about um of course i think like most people um everyone grows with their relationships and um by that i mean ro- romantic relationships and so on and so forth yeah. and i think yeah i think it's important for us to delve into those yeah. explore those and see what you know we've learned from those so yeah, uh, just to add on that, um, I I feel like men at our age we learn the most from relationships because mm. we tend to be quite derp, a bit naive, a bit emotionally emotionally stunted. stunted because guys in high school and university they don't really talk about their feelings. Mm. Talk about you know cars, boobs, explosions, and you know no, normal male stuff. Girls are definitely more in touch with their emotional side to men. So whenever you date a girl who's a similar age to you, they, they tend to be a bit more emotionally mature than you. And that can to lead to a lot of problems because you're not, you're not really aware of where you're at in the relationship. Yeah. So just to, just to, I just want to add to that. Yeah. I think that high school thing, it kind of hints back at what we were saying, how we just talked about anime and games oh, and, yeah. and things it like leads that. On. Yeah. We were We were literally just those kind of people. Mm. And um, we really, you go into, I think, a lot of guys will experience this. You go into university and you're just like, man, girls, wow. <laughs> wow, girls. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, girls. So abundant. So abundant. And then um, I feel like all the girls there are just like, man, there's all these like, I guess there's all these cute, cute guys there and so on and so forth. But man, are they dumb. <laughs> yeah. Man, are they stupid. Man, are they thirsty? They're, they're... they're thirsty and stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that distant... Cause I feel like, and again, this is a bit of a generalization, but I think it does apply quite quite well, mm. that girls in particular throughout high school, I mean, it is a bit stereotypical that yeah. they'll have all these like locker room talks and Correct. like, I don't know, you again, seeing the American movies, everyone has the bedroom talks and things <laughs> like that. But um, 
throughout their high school lives, it's contextualized by talking about their emotions, Correct. right? Always. And it can, might seem silly at the time, like how this, this boy <coughs> is like an idiot or like, oh my God, he dumped me kind of thing. Mm. But at the end of the day, they talk about their emotions. While guys, if a girl rejects him or something like that yeah. he won't be crying over it usually maybe oh. he'll cry in, in private oh, but what will he say to his friends and say oh, oh man she's such a bitch man she's such a slut man oh i didn't like her anyway or, yeah um oh dude i was too good for her anyway like yeah. they'll make up excuses to feel better about themselves but yeah. they don't understand why they're doing that yes when in reality they're just insecure in themselves they just yeah. got rejected Sometimes, you know, rejection is one of the biggest learning tools you can have. The best learning tool. Yeah. Re- rejection hurts, but man, it, it hurts you well. It hurts you well. <laughs> in, a, in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, rejection, just not in terms of, um, not only in terms of relationships, but everything in life. Mm-hmm. Jobs. I can't think of jobs right now. <laughs> <laughs> jobs and, well, even just like... I think um, everyone goes into any position where they're, they're, they're putting themselves to be vulnerable yeah, at any yeah, point in time. Yeah. And sometimes that vulnerability gets smashed in the face. Exactly. Someone doesn't Same. like it. Someone is Same. weirded out by it. Someone rejects it. Yeah. That happens a lot in your life. Mm, I agree. Mm. So it kind of, like not everyone in life will agree with your kind of view. And also not everyone will like you. Mm. And that's something that I guess we had to learn to accept. And we are still learning to accept that. Because yeah. when someone dislikes you it, it does hurt a bit yeah it's, yeah maybe it's just the shoes that you're wearing or the color that you're wearing or maybe like, they were just in a bad mood today. bad mood and you can't control that you mm. can't control people who react to you yeah you know anyway uh it's our first podcast so we're going off track a bit, <laughs> a bit off track <laughs> anyway that's okay hopefully it's giving a bit of an idea of what yeah we'll no, no one will know because this, this, this will all be edited <laughs> we'll streamlined right sean <laughs> sure <laughs> okay so we're talking about relationships so i i didn't have many relationships no, I had no relationships in high school. Uh, I was a shy kid, so I didn't really approach any girls. Did did confess to a few girls and get rejected. Oh, wait, we, we didn't... But when you say shy, by the way, the reason why it's the shy guys is yeah. because it's Sean and Kai. So when you put it together, it's the shy. Yes, and we're known as that in university. The shy. Because we were always together. And we'll, yeah. I guess we'll both be shy in a way. No, I don't think we were... Um, no, no, I guess we'll... No, you know what? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... Okay. Moving on. <laughs> yes. So relationships. Um, I had my first girlfriend in the second year of university. And it came about by me just feeling, oh, no, it's, I think it's time for me to get a girlfriend. It's about time. I, I'm in my, uh, you know, I'm 19, 20. It's, it's time for me to move on with my life. And then I feel like I saw it as a milestone. It, it's, it's so weird. Like in, in university, you see it as a milestone to get a girlfriend. Mm. And I feel like that's not the way you should look at it, but a lot of guys do look at it like that. Mm. So therefore, they're not really, I guess, picky with their first girlfriend. And I literally just read a pickup book. I'm like, oh my God, I can just go out and approach girls now and, and ask them out and get them to be my girlfriend. Like I just got superpowers I, exactly. I read this book. Uh, I know, it's so naive back then. And that's what I did. I read a, I read a few books. And I'm like, all right, I guess it's time for me to go out there and talk to a cute girl. And I guess first try, I got someone's number, uh, talked for a bit. But kind of fizzled out. Second time, I saw a girl in the library. Kind of just thought, oh, she's really cute. Went up to her and, and asked her, I'm like, hey, I think you're really cute. What's your number? Or like, you know, who are you? Basically. Something along those Some, lines. Something along those lines. And end up getting a number, started chatting a bit. And then went on a few dates and somehow she was my girlfriend. I, honestly, I don't remember how it happened, but I felt it was very quick. 
Mm. And we both didn't really know each other properly mm. before we started calling each other boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm. And don't get me started about the I love you line because that was used way too early because mm. I did not understand what that meant and neither did she. I guess we were both very naive and that kind of led to uh, a lot of emotional kind of confusion. We didn't have honesty and it's because we didn't really understand what it meant to be in a relationship. And back then I was suffering from a lot of anxiety and depression and I guess that, that led to an abusive and manipulative relationship. I'm not saying that she was... Uh, how do I say this? It was... I think we were both flawed people. And when two flawed people come together, it's usually not a good result. And it became a toxic cycle where the, the person would, one person would do something toxic and that another person would react in a toxic way would never get out of that toxic cycle. And I, I, I learned a lot from that relationship. It's, we weren't open about the future. We weren't open about our feelings, how we felt when someone did something. Um, would always push it under the rug. Obviously, it didn't work out because eventually it got to a breaking point where mm. I had to break up with her. And even, even after that, because I broke up with her, I, I, I felt horrible. I, don't want, I wanted to get back with her, and, and, and I did. And that never usually works out well. Once you break up with someone, I, I feel like it's it's done. Some people might have some differing views there. I want I want to hear just because that, that that was a good like bit at the end, but I want to hear mm. like in a very concise, even one sentence, what did you learn the most from this relationship? What did I learn from this relationship? Okay, I think the main thing I learned from this relationship was that you should value yourself. Because when you let someone push you around and kind of take that from you, you lose yourself. You forget who you are, who you are as as a person, like, because they've been putting their own wants and needs on you. And as a naive guy, I wanted to meet every single need. And in that process, I I lost myself. You wanted to be that nice boyfriend. I I wanted to be that perfect boyfriend. And... You don't realize when the other person's demands are a bit unrealistic. You just feel like you have to meet it because you want to be that good boyfriend. Yeah, I guess that's what I learned the most. It's just learning to value yourself in the relationship. That's how I explain to my current partner. It's like, well, in a relationship, I feel like it's a owning a company where you're both 50% shareholders. And whatever you say, whatever I say, have the same value. So you can't just dismiss what the other person's saying. Lastly, I want to ask, how do you feel about this person now? You know what, I have, I feel, I don't really feel any malice towards her, no resentment. I know it is what it is. Like, we both stuffed up in our first relationship, and that's completely understandable. You know, I, I wish I were the best, to be honest. We don't talk anymore. Mm. Um, we don't talk, talk anymore. anymore. We don't talk anymore. <laughs> like we used to. But yeah, uh, I feel like we're, we're going to break out into song a lot once we... Yeah, Once we hear a lyric, that's, that's true. Like, that could be our thing. <laughs> I, I I feel like we've we've both moved on, and that's a good thing. And I wanted her to move on from me because it, it was quite painful for her when I broke up with her, and it was painful for me too. But I knew it was the best thing for both of us, and that's why I had to do it. That's with, with most breakups, right? You realize that it's not going to work out long term what's the point of doing this mm. it doesn't add any value to any of our lives it's only making it worse that's it's she's just a person that I used to used to know we're not, we're not no, no, you're forcing it <laughs> you're forcing it <laughs> please okay alright moving on to your current relationship yes then. 
current partner? Okay, so my current partner is is great. We are definitely not perfect, as with any person. As but with any relationship, right? in any relationship, exactly. But we have um, these three pillars that I believe are essential to a, a healthy relationship. Uh, number one, openness. Two, honesty. And three, respect. So one, so openness is, is when you're very open with how you're feeling, any issues going on in your life, and just being vulnerable. Overall, be, being vulnerable with each other. Um, honesty is telling the truth. So if someone says, do you like this? Don't be like, oh yeah, it's, it's fine. It's great. When in reality, you're literally saying, I hate this. Mm, and that, as you said, I think you might have learned that from the previous relationship where oh, in yeah. a different scenario, you would have said, oh no, that's cool. That's, I like it. Exactly. Oh, I'm fine with taking it home every day. You know, it's fine. <laughs> when in reality, it was. And it's like, this is actually wasting so much time. But any, anyway, that's, that's uh, honesty. Mm. And I guess honesty comes with, you shouldn't expect the partner to always ask how you're feeling mm. um, because sometimes they can't read your mind. Yeah, no one can read your mind. Yeah, no one can read your mind. Only you know what's in your mind. Mm. And sometimes it's your responsibility to convey that to the other person. And that's, I guess it's a combination of being open and honesty. So you might lose your job that day. You go home and your partner asks, how are you feeling? Let's say you're feeling crap. Yeah, I'm feeling crap. It's like, oh, Why? You don't tell them about you losing your job. I mean, you are being honest. You're not te- you're not telling a lie. Mm. You're just saying, oh, no, oh, my, my friend kind of just ditched me for lunch or something. Mm. But you're still hiding that part. You're hiding the part. Of the, yeah, the, the core. Distru- the core. The core, the of core the reason um, as to why you're upset. And I feel like that's your responsibility to bring it up. They, don't, they won't always know what you're feeling. Um, and the last thing is respect. So whenever you're, I guess, providing feedback, criticism, or just having an open conversation... You also want to respect that the other person's feelings. So, you might dislike something that they're doing. Try conveying in a way that won't hurt their feelings. I feel like that's that's very important. Mm. And I've I've struggled with that because I'm quite a a crude person when it comes to giving advice and, mm. and, and feedback. And, and Sean would know because I've I've heard him in the past. So that's my current relationship. It's it's gone great at the moment. And yeah, I guess I'm looking forward to how it goes. Yeah, very good. All right. Quickly about your career as a little end point. Sure. So I, I graduated in 2015 from Melbourne University. Then I started working in um, superannuation in the finance industry. And then I moved towards risk and compliance as a consultant. And now I'm moving towards innovation. Kind of like a focus on cultural change and being able to, to help workforces move into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it sounds very fluffy, but... It's it's quite a very innovative space at the moment. Mm, so quite very exciting space. Exactly. Yeah. So um, tell me about your your first relationship. So I think similar to Kai, I got to a point in university where it was basically, I should get a girlfriend. It was that kind of moment. Everyone gets that moment. Everyone gets that moment. I should mm. get a girlfriend. Mm. There was a girl that I was kind of a, a, a bit interested in, messaging every now and then, and then I kind of decided, you know what, let's. I guess I should get a girlfriend, so I, I'll do that. And uh, I feel like that's not a good way to approach things right from the get-go. No. You should at least be, you know, excited and uh, ready to jump into something new with someone. But again, I was young. I was immature. This was when I was in my... I was 19. Yep. And um, yeah, we ended up getting into a relationship. And 
I didn't really know what a relationship was then. I didn't really understand what it's meant to feel like, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, as a result, we kind of trundled along in this, what I thought was a relationship hmm. for perhaps a year, right? And I thought like, oh yeah, this is, this is, I guess I'm in a relationship. I guess this is what it is. Yeah. And <clears> it was just a thing that was there. It wasn't, we never fought either. Yeah. And which was totally unnatural yeah. now that I realize it. I, I want to add that if if you don't fight as a couple, that's... That's a very bad sign. Because there, there's always problems. There's always problems. And you, you want to talk about it. Mm. And if you don't fight, especially, I guess, how long did you... Three years, Three right? years. If you, don't, if you don't fight for three years, that's there's definitely something going on there. <laughs> mm. I think my girlfriend at the time, she was very much... And of course, I think like she had her own difficulties and, and issues in her own way but she was very afraid to speak up her feelings and mm. i was oblivious of her feelings because i was stupid <laughs> and so as a result no communication really occurred we ended up just dragging along in this kind of i don't know this kind of relationship in quotation marks that uh, if you can imagine a relationship where you just go and like netflix and chill and just every week and you just rinse and repeat that every week <laughs> It's kind of a bit, you know, that's kind of not really super engaging, is it? It's quite depressing, actually. It's a bit depressing. Yeah. But um, I think we both thought that that's what it should be. That's yeah. what a relationship should be. But then, after a couple of years, I started to realize that I don't think this is what I want in my life. I think you wanted more. I think I started to realize that I am a bit more of an ambitious person who wants to grow. And I felt like I wasn't growing uh, with her and that i couldn't really see a possibility moving forward yeah i i might know I, I just want to note that this person did see sean as a long-term partner in terms of marriage and you didn't feel that way did you but we didn't really have that open conversation either ah, right, we yeah. didn't really have that open conversation to really know where our, our our posts sat yeah and so eventually it got to a point where i started to realize this but i also didn't take any action yeah i didn't do anything because i was a coward I was too afraid to really bring this up and kind of destroy the status quo. Yeah. Even though I knew that eventually I would have to do it. So things dragged on for three years this way. At one point I, I did decide to take action and she was totally and utterly devastated by it. Understandably, because you've gone on this way for three years without this conversation, hmm. without open conversation occurring. Yeah. Again, you, this is our first relationship, so your only kind of comparison is yeah. this. Yeah. And so it seems like, oh, we're, we're in an ideal little relationship. And I think she was very happy with that. But Yeah, from my understanding, she did not see it coming. It not at all. It was completely blindsided. She, it's like you just turned around and slapped her in the face. It's like, hey, yeah. goodbye. <laughs> and, uh, and that yeah. and how I really hurt this person and how... They would never want to talk to me ever again. Hmm. That is my own fault at hmm. the end of the day. Because I didn't realize that one of the most important things is to have that conversation during the relationship, through the relationship. Yeah. So that you don't realize these things in like a smack bang moment. You should start to develop where you're at yeah. as you go through. I wasn't honest. I wasn't open. Yes, that's right. Mm. And so that was that was a big regret of mine in that whole three years. But if there's one thing that I learned from that was that I know that there's more out there for me. I know that there is more for me to experience and more yeah. for me to learn mm. than this. 
that's probably the biggest learning yeah. point that I got from it. Yeah. I think I was still stupid. I still didn't really know how to kind of manage a relationship. Yeah. But at least I knew, okay, I know that I want more than this. This is not what I want out of a relationship. To, to all the listeners out there, I think Sean and I really believe in abundance mentality where you're not always stuck with a limited thing. Mm. You can always go out there and there's, there's always more for you to explore. And, and, and yeah, so. and that whether it be, you know, relationships, whether it be girls, whether it be so on and so forth, but it yeah. could be like jobs, career. Yeah. It could be whatever, the hobbies, whatever you want to do. It could be do. skateboarding, it could be anything. Like, there's yes. always stuff to explore. Stuff to explore, yeah. to seek out, and things that you shouldn't be afraid to just jump in and do. Like yeah. how we're jumping in and doing a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> to be honest, I, got, I was really nervous before this, but then I'm just like, I'm still eating cheese and, and crackers <laughs> and talking. But. Anyway, I also think I realized as well, I really wanted to meet a person that inspired me in some way, mm. that lifted me up to be a better person. Yep. That I didn't find that within my first relationship, but I think in my second relationship, I did. Tell me about that. So this was a very, uh, I suppose, tumultuous year for me where I met someone who was a exchange student in my university. And I think what really wowed me about them was the amount of perspectives and experiences and interests that they had. Mm. Um, maybe people know of this kind of manic pixie dream girl kind of scenario. For those who don't, it's, it's like um, if you see a few movies such as 500 Days of Summer, Summer's character would be described as a manic pixie dream girl. This kind of, a guy who's kind of stuck within his life, just oh, in the right. everyday routine. Yep. A girl comes in and saves him by from being his, this... From his boring life. From his boring life, right? Yeah, his miserable life. His miserable life and lifts him up to be something better. Yep. And I think this girl was my manic pixie dream girl. But we ended up being in a relationship together. She really brought out some really great things out of me. She mm. brought out my creative side. Yeah. She brought out me learning how to deal with conflict because mm. she was a person who was very strong-willed and very willing to, to stand up and, and talk about her feelings. Mm. And I yeah. think through her, I was... Before, I never had those conversations. It's a massive contrast. It was it? a massive contrast. And through her, I was able to learn yeah. how to deal with those conversations. Yeah. Not very well. I don't think I dealt with them very well. Mm. And I think like you... I also wanted to be that that perfect boyfriend because yeah. I think a lot of guys that's all they know yeah. what to do when they start off, right? Exactly. I should be the good boyfriend. Yeah. And so I shouldn't speak and, up my own wishes. And when that happens, the guy's boundaries gets pushed further and further and further and back mm. until you're on the wall and they keep pushing you until the wall breaks. And then you explode. <laughs> and then you explode you're like, "Oh, yeah. Man, what's happening? Why am I so angry? Why do I have to focus on her?" Yeah. And, why do I have to drive of, her around? <laughs> a lot of guys feel that resentment. Yeah. And I feel it's a very natural thing in people's relationships because they don't value themselves enough to, yeah. to understand where their boundaries are. Yeah. Boundaries is a very good topic in a future, to- uh, yes, future podcast. Correct. Right. right. So, but definitely, yeah, because I didn't know how to deal with these conversations, my boundaries definitely got pushed. Yeah. But I suppose at the end of the day, at least I was having these conversations. At least I was having these fights and quarrels and yeah. things like that because yeah. through that, I, I learned so much yeah it's like a practice round <laughs> like a practice round um this person ended up with some some issues in terms of visa in terms of living in australia yeah and it got to a point where in australia you can go through a thing known as the partner visa this basically means living together sharing your finances but as a result the person gets to live within the country mm. but of course it means like a very very deep commitment 
to the other person, yeah. almost as if you're married. I was only, I think, 22 at the time. Yeah. And still very young, naive. Very young, naive. Yeah. But we were at this point where it was almost like do the partner visa or it's, it's over. It's over, yeah. And the sad thing was that at that point in time, I still really <clears throat> did love that person because she was really, for, for all the reasons that I mentioned. Yeah. But as a result, I had to ask myself the question when it came to this partner visa issue. For a week, I was in agony because I woke up as we were having this long fight. Every day I'd wake up and my life would seem so bleak. It was probably one of the worst times in my life because I'd wake up and think, I either lose this person that I really love or I kind of sign away my own independence and my own life. Yeah. And I had to ask that question to myself and see which one was the best option. Mm. And look, that's a big sacrifice. That's a big ask for anyone. For anyone. Signing something that says, look, we are now in a committed relationship. Mm. You are entitled to like all this from my life and vice versa. It's... It's something you have to think deeply about. You can't mm. just jump into it without preparing. And I remember you made you said a comment to me during that time. It was very unfair of her to say you're less of a man if you can't do it because you you had so much to consider. Your family's still there, and all your, all your friends agreed with you that it wasn't the best idea. But you mm. you're obviously in your own world thinking, what can I do to make everyone happy? Yes. And sometimes you can't make everyone happy, and you have to yeah. accept that. And I think as well though. <clears throat> Just to think about it from her perspective. Yeah. She also took a big risk in coming to Australia. Of course. She took a huge risk. Mm. And um, I can understand why she would also be frustrated. And it's like her back is against the wall as well. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the biggest lesson that I learned from that was valuing myself. Yeah. Learning to value myself. And I took the option, which was basically ending it all. And also sometimes things really shouldn't be that hard things you should be able to reach a point where things kind of not saying it's always going to be easy (laughs) but ideally things should kind of click together you should lead your own life yeah a life where you're strong in self and good things will come into your life and and kind of click into your life Mm, yeah rather than having to 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 fight and wrangle so much to try and get it to work if you have the a positive um i guess mindset and the right behavior naturally good things will come into your life where if if it's the opposite where you have a negative kind of mindset and and bad behavior you'll just bring in bad things into your life so yeah i think that's a lesson that you learned too yeah yeah and i think just to talk about this person i still really do respect this person this person is a very important person in my life sadly we aren't very close anymore i think naturally that happens with yeah with exes yeah she will always be a person I, i really admire and a person who i think is a great person overall yeah. and it's sad that it had to end the way mm. it did and it's sad that we had to kind of kind of all blew up at yeah. the end but she's a very good person and i can only wish the best for her that's really beautiful <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I truly believe that's really beautiful oh, for, you being you. Able to, for, for you being able to say that i also want to say something similar to, to my ex i do respect her as a person and i wish the best for her and i know that Back then, we weren't the best versions of ourselves, which led to a lot of fighting and pain, manipulation from both sides. And I, I'm sorry if I hurt you. So I, I just hope you're doing well now. And I know we don't talk anymore. We don't talk anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I do wish 
I respect her a lot. So mm. when you said that, it kind of triggered emotions within me too. Okay. So, All right. So after your second relationship, mm. what what happened after? I, I know that you went on a lot of dates. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty living the single life kind of ex- exploring the, the bachelor life, you know. The bachelor life, yes. Yeah. But probably where everything begun. The the person I, I think I, this podcast. Fucking hell, man. That's right. It's the first first podcast. <laughs> So we are actually eating our uh, cheese and crackers and yeah. drinking coffee as we, as we do this. Yeah, we actually had ideas of, of grabbing beers. No, nah, maybe maybe I think, it's too, I think it's too early. Too early. Got to be a bit professional. Yeah. Um. So this, but the third person, I think, I don't think this podcast would exist without this person existing. In my opinion, I knew this person for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Truly, like dated them for three weeks, but they left a very positive impact on my life because I learned really so much about myself i think this happens to um a lot of guys let's say you you meet a girl and she's just she blows your mind to pieces (laughs) she blows your mind to pieces you're like wow she's she's so beautiful she she the way she carries herself yeah and so on and so forth it's it's just like it feels like they're the, the perfect person it very quickly kind of escalates into creating an ideal yeah. within your mind it's, it's called infatuation guys it's called infatuation yeah. so so what did you find so great about this person what what made you fall for her so hard i think like there was an element of like physical attractiveness yeah, definitely yeah. they were they were very much like wow that's my my perfect type the way they carried themselves was very much at least back then a kind of person that i thought like wow this this person's like like so great yeah <laughs> <laughs> getting all the bubbly feelings and things like that. Yeah. As I said, naturally, when you're very infatuated with someone, you build an ideal of what is to happen. And I think the important thing is with that is to not really sink so deep into that ideal. I think when you end up becoming someone who's who's constantly waiting for their message and constantly like wanting yeah. to talk to them and, and mm. so on and so forth, I think that's a pretty bad place to be in, to be yeah. honest. Because ideally, you should be living your own life. However, yes, I think this is very much a standard for guys oh, everywhere. For a lot of guys, yeah. For guys everywhere. Once they become, um, I guess, invested or infatuated with a the girl, the girl's opinion of them matters more than how they see themselves. Yeah. They completely forget about how they see themselves. Like, yeah. oh, she's not replying to my text. I feel shit. I feel crap. So that's that's really that's silly. very common. It's very common. Yeah. But anyway, for for three weeks, uh, we dated, and I really, yeah, it was like I was like over the moon in those moments because you yeah. you got to be with this person you were really infatuated with. Yeah. But then she left to go on exchange. As a result, it kind of ended up in a pseudo long distancey kind of yeah thing. Mm. Well, there, there was one important thing that kind of hit you really hard before she left mm. can you tell me what that, that moment which which moment in particular the oh, the, the exchange of the words the exchange that of the destroy words. the world yes the exchange of the, so i think i love you are very powerful words yes they are probably way too scarily powerful yeah and i think everyone should be very careful with them mm-hmm. and again i was i was immature uh, we were both immature and ended up kind of exchanging these words a bit too quickly. And I think that kind of builds that ideal and that infatuation it in does, your mind yeah. a lot. But anyway, once she left on exchange, it ended up in this kind of long distance kind of feeling. And as a result, it, it worsened that 
feelings of being dependent emotionally on that person yeah um because they're not physically there so the only thing you can receive is is messages and and things like that as a result i think i really lost myself i really really lost myself i was like a shell of of who i was yeah because I was so emotionally invested in, in this person who had just flown overseas and isn't really here. And it's just kind of this like messages in my phone, really. Like a, a virtual kind of presence of her. Yeah, it's just and like a, a presence that's not really there. Yeah. It, it seems very silly to invest yeah. something. And I remember during that time, you, you were very uh, sporadic with your emotion. You'd be ecstatic one moment when you receive a text. And mm. then it's like, oh, she hasn't replied to me in like 24 hours. What's going on? Mm you're quite your feelings were driven driven by how she responded to you and you weren't living your own life you were completely focused on that yeah and i was i was quite saddened to see that as a friend so because i knew that you had so many things going in your life but you you pushed that aside for Mm. for this person yeah with a person as i said the person that wasn't really there and Mm. again i feel like to that person i was also a burden at the end of the day Mm. and they started to very much lose respect for me yeah because naturally i was just not I'm not a pleasant. I wouldn't wouldn't have been a pleasant person. I would yeah. have just been a, a kind of clingy. Talk to me. Talk to me, <laughs> like boyfriend, not boyfriend, kind of thing. Yeah. Just <sighs> this weird virtual presence that that isn't really a thing. If anything, the the idealist situation was we just separated our own ways, lived our own lives. Yeah. Then maybe when she came back, who knows? Something would have happened. But that's in the past. That's in the past. This is what it is. Yeah. But the point is that. I lost myself, and at one stage it all broke down. Mm. It all fell apart. I'm sure she, she kind of eventually got to a point where it's just like, why am I investing my time in this person? Mm. Because, again, there's, there's really no value in it for her, yeah. especially when she's overseas living her own life. Yeah. I'm sure I was definitely yeah. more of a burden than, than something beneficial to her life. Yeah. So it kind of came to an end, and I, w- I was very distraught. It's like my whole world had come crashing, crashing down. down. Yeah crashing down completely and then i was at your house i was lying on the couch and i was like kind of miserably sobbing and feeling pretty terrible about myself yeah and i said to you kai have i always been this weak and what did you say i said sean you've always been this weak and i think that's the sign of a very good friend when they don't try and mince their words or or say like oh don't worry man oh don't worry bro like you know she's a bitch man don't worry (laughs) about it put a fish in the sea kind of thing yeah i think what kai said to me then really triggered everything like really triggered me becoming a better version of myself because when he said that i was able to look deeply into the core of who i am and, and question myself and realize holy crap i need to be better yeah and that's when I think I started on this road to become a better person, a better version of myself. Yeah. And I think learning how to value yourself mm-hmm. in, in any relationship, just friendships, yeah. relationships, in that moment, your, your value was, was negative. <laughs> it was negative. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. But from that point, I was able to build it up further. Yeah. And I think, again, like there's a variety of, reasons how i got to that point whether it be from that story i told about previous relationships but because of this person Mm. the person that i dated for three weeks because of that person they really triggered something there and for that i'm very thankful actually yeah she taught taught you quite a lot taught me quite a lot but more so it was 
triggered the learning within myself. She, she put you on a journey of self-improvement. Yeah. I think. And, and it's not to say, we won't delve, delve into this too far, but it, even after that moment, there were a lot of peaks and troughs where you would fall back into the, into the old habits of mm. basing your happiness of that certain person's reactions. Um, and it's it's a learning experience. It, take, it takes time to to find that confidence within yourself, knowing that you can be happy without that person. Yeah. 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 And so I think as well at that moment on the couch, that, that couch moment. Yeah. I think as well, we also became closer as friends in yes. that moment. Yes. Because I think in my previous relationship, oh. I didn't really talk to you much. Uh, exactly. I, might, I was going to say that actually. But, and you sure. didn't talk to me as well. We both went into our respective girlfriend black holes. Yeah, oh, that's that's another thing that a lot of guys do. Once they get into a relationship, they disappear from their friends. Yeah. Their support networks kind of just disappear. Yeah. And, and they don't reach out when they're struggling. Mm. They just talk to the person that is sometimes the issue. Yeah. And you can't resolve things. Sometimes you need a different perspective on, on things. Yeah. And your friends can offer you that. Especially think, understanding. I think especially friends who will speak truthfully to you. Yeah. And I think, as we said, with guys, that can often be very hard. Because, yeah. again, your whole friendship is built up on yeah. playing games, playing sports, just talking about those very, I suppose, superficial Mon- Mundane things. Not to say those things aren't important. Yeah, right? they are. Yeah. Having hobbies and having things you're interested in is great. And to share yeah. those is great. Yeah. But yeah. to have someone you can talk to about your core emotions, yeah, uh, especially someone who's, who's a guy and is just a platonic friend, yeah. sometimes I think a lot of guys don't have that. So... I think we should be very thankful that we have each other. No, I am. There is one point that it usually takes one person to be vulnerable with the other person. And then that person starts being vulnerable the other way. You need someone to start it. Yeah. And I was talking to a a friend um, while playing games with him. And he was like, man, I never used to talk about anxiety or how I felt about my girlfriend. I used to hide it all the time. But then after just telling someone, then they, they, they magically started telling me about their issues and then suddenly we're just like connected and as a dude that that never happens yeah but i guess we're trying to promote that openness yeah exactly within within guys i think hopefully all the listeners can hear how me and kai are able to have those open conversations for everyone to listen to as well i think we realized that vulnerability is a strength rather than a weakness of course it is not something that you should be afraid to show because at the end of the day that is what brings you human connection and brings you support and brings you to be that better person yeah and that's what we're all about i guess that kind of sums up who we are yeah as the shy as the shy and and what we are trying to offer to the world is there anything you wanted to add not really we can talk about a few other things later like you talked about your career mine's not important at the moment we'll we'll, like talk about that another time that's more admin stuff that's more admin stuff Yep. Um, we'll probably wrap up here actually I think that was a pretty dense and heavy <laughs> heavy package for everyone to listen to I think I both got a bit teary there but got, got a bit teary surprisingly <laughs> I think that though hopefully the listeners everyone out there can understand what kind of what this the feel of the podcast uh, is going to be moving forward and so if you enjoy what we've had to offer in this first episode I guess it's a bit of a sample Mm. but please do get in contact with us it is the the shy guys podcast at gmail.com yep. uh we'll also be posted up on soundcloud i think keep updated right yeah I keep think. updated i think we'll be doing this maybe every fortnight yep early doors look at the show notes if you want to get in contact with us hope you all enjoyed it 
Anything else you'd like to say, Kai? Oh, any further reading or anything like that you'd want to talk about is particularly notable in our lives. In our for lives. A bit of study for the <laughs> for the listeners to do before the next podcast. Uh, I think if, if you're interested in, uh, I guess, dating and, and valuing yourself uh, in that kind of sphere, read Models by Mark Manson. Yeah, you, you might uh, be aware of his more popular book, The, the Subtle Art, Art of Not Giving, giving a, a Fuck. fuck. Um, but we, we read models first and that's basically how to attract women through honesty. I found the principles don't only relate to attracting women, but also just having a full, a full life in general. Yeah. I so, think like this was the book that you read, the pickup book that you <laughs> yeah. read before your first girlfriend thought yeah. like, Oh, I feel like I can pick up, but yeah. I actually feel like back then you didn't see the true message. Exactly. I didn't understand what it meant. So mm. I actually read it again recently, um, this year. And reading through, I'm like, wow, I actually understand this more than when I was in the first year. Yeah. Back then, I saw it more as a, as a manual saying, do this, do that, do A, B, and C, and you'll get X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Now I see it as, this is a principle that I can live by. Yeah. A principle you can live by to be yeah. a better person, live a better life, and then naturally end up attracting people. Correct. Yeah. I think that um, finishes us up uh, today. Wraps it, wraps it up. Wraps yeah. it up. So thank uh, you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone. Early doors, but please look forward to what we have uh, coming up. What 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 will we be talking about next? Actually, what what do you think the next topic? Is? A bit of a preview. I I think we should talk about the power of vulnerability. Yes, we did talk about that a bit already, but let's yeah. extend extend upon that topic and yeah. Yeah. See and see, and see how we go. Yeah. All right. All Thank right. you very much. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Yeah.